Hello, this is Catherine and you're listening to The Thoughtful Runner. I'm back after a summer break. I hope you had a good one and enjoyed the blissful laziness and general good mood that the heatwave brought. I spent many a lunchtime lounging in gardens around Southwark, dozing, dreaming, listening to podcasts and just giving in to the season. But after the drought comes rain, and that is the subject today, I suppose, waking up again, the revival of senses numbed by the summer's heat. You might say summer is too full of present delights to justify sitting indoors with a microphone. But to be perfectly honest, I took a break because I needed some time out. Of course, I've still been running. I've had some amazing runs, but I've been working very hard on some other things. So I thought I'd start back now that people are starting to wear light jackets again. As the fruits and rose hips ripen in the hedgerows, the morning sky takes on a weaker, hazier glare. The children step out in crisp new uniforms, the birds charm a different song, and the conkers are already bursting from their cases on the pavements. Oh, I have two in my jacket pocket, that reminds me. You can smell everything. This is usually my favourite time of year, a time when the mind stirs from its sultry summer slumber and my spirit sets about the important work of happiness. Can I let you in on a secret? I usually experience a short and awkward period of ennui in the summertime, which I've never been able to explain. And September is always the moment this malaise lifts. Why are there no Anglo-Saxon words for that kind of sadness, by the way? This episode, I started writing in my head some weeks ago, at the end of July, as the peak of our long, relentless heat wave was punctuated by thunderstorms and a welcome drop in temperatures. It was Friday evening, and I had deliberately kept my weekend quite free. The heat of the week was exhausting, just walking from one place to the next, and nobody was asking too much of themselves. I'd been running through the country park in the mornings and returning at 8am with a grit-like layer of salt across my forehead, gasping for water. On this Friday evening, I was elevated by the straightforward joy of having no commitments, no taxing tasks in mind, no obligations to fulfil. It started to come down around 5pm and we were all still in the office. Someone said, it's raining, and we rushed to the windows to see it crashing down the panes and dancing on the pavements. It was a joyful moment. My colleagues and I were united in childish excitement at the first rain in weeks. The person I sit next to disappeared momentarily and returned with a pair of plastic ponchos for me and the other woman in the office. I wore it for the walk to London Bridge, jumping as the first great claps of thunder roared above the city. The excitement was electric. Workers on their way home sheltered under the railway arches and shop awnings. Colleagues shared umbrellas. I was smug in my poncho, braving the elements, but as I approached Borough Market, the roads and pavements were like dirty rivers. Slick with it, and my sandals slipped and nearly toppled me several times. One waterlogged woman pelted by me at speed, her feet slap-slapping purposefully through the torrents. She said to me, what's going on? As if it were yet another misstep by the government. The togetherness of all these Friday night strangers was lovely. And I've been thinking a lot about strangers lately, because there are a lot of them in London. In my new home, I've been carefully monitoring the peaks and troughs of my community's movements. From the wild afternoons when Selhurst Park is open for business, to the near-silent weekend mornings when idle strangers wander to the station, or mothers walk their babies who gaze in quiet wonder from their prams. I'm pleased to say that I've finally fallen a bit in love with my home again. It came on a Saturday two weeks ago when I got home from the garden centre with a new hydrangea nestled in my arm. I had that feeling of shedding a burden with the locking of the door behind me. This ease came to me, first in the garden, my garden. A few months ago it was a wilderness of nettles, rubbish, bindweed, weeds and self-seeding trees. And now I have a beautiful even lawn, neat flower beds and flourishing, deeply loved plants that each have a story and were each placed there and nurtured by yours truly. 
it's this love for a home, for being connected somewhere that's the kernel of my happiness, and I'm sure many other people's. Over the garden fence I met my neighbour and ended up going to dinner there the other week. It turns out we'd worked in the same building four years ago at the same radio station. I met some more neighbours that evening too. I've made a couple of other friends in the area so that now all the streets have a shape and meaning beyond my solitary runs. I know that X lives here or Y happens there. And last week I ran through the lake and a Polish man and I rescued a baby moorhen together. We didn't speak a word of one another's language, but still talked at length to each other and had an understanding. It was also here that I spent a day painting this summer and was joined by various curious locals and had the fortune of a lengthy conversation with a penge man who used to fish here after the war when he was a boy. I'm connected to my area now in the way I suppose I never felt I was where I was before. I don't simply observe the world that surges through here. I live here, I am here, and when I run, walk, even when I'm elsewhere, I have a home again, and there my soul may finally rest. I mean, not forever maybe, but that sounds a bit final. So back to this Friday night I was telling you about, this special Friday, the last weekend in July when my heart was filled with this joyful optimism. I took the train back to Norwood and walked to the supermarket on my way home, passing along the streets. Everyone was smiling. I'd notice how much more relaxed and loving everyone seemed with the good weather. You could just feel a general patience and goodwill, a slower, shrugging, laid-back ease in people that spread from gesture to gesture. That morning, when I'd left for work in the roaring heat, an anonymous van driver at the lights had shouted to me, Someone's happy today! And I was. <laughs> I get shouted at by vans from time to time, and some weeks earlier, I had, I must say quite eloquently, taken a young Ocado driver to task for it. Boy, did he get a telling off. And yet on this day, I was able to receive the call with a lighter spirit and simply smile back. That's nice, isn't it? Now, in the evening, the world transformed by this exciting weather, but the rain for a moment easing, I paused by a puddle to allow a lady to pass. She had a sling around her neck containing a tiny blinking baby. She was also wearing a long dress, bright yellow in the gloom, holding it carefully so it didn't drag along the wet pavement. Our eyes met, and without any sort of reservation, we both just burst into laughter. It wasn't a very funny puddle, nor was anything particularly funny about the day. It was more just an exchange of the universal up of the atmosphere. The weather, the timing, the simplicity of it. It was not just me that couldn't stop smiling at the rain. And since that rainy day, my heart has been fuller and fuller with a feeling I can only describe as love. The streets are not idyllic, but they are known, understood and mine as much as anyone else's. When I run, I know where I am. I know who I am. On my birthday, I took a special morning run around the country park. Yes, Norwood has one of those. And I enjoyed some bleary-eyed reflection at the peak of the heatwave. I've watched this park change wondrously from spring all through the summer mornings, transitioning from lush new growth to baked yellow grasses to scrub, knotweed skeletons and seed heads, the tall, wispy clocks and butterflies meandering across the dry paths, the wilting willow herb around the lake, the subtle majesty of a dead conifer and the glorious solitude of brush standing tall above your head. When something fades, it can, for a short time, be seen and felt at its brightest. And that's why I wake up at this time of year. Now the park is flush with overripe fruit and architectural silhouettes against the lowering sun. There are nuts and berries and turning leaves, and the new light catches this descending explosion of colour with heart-wrenching passion. I'm alive again, I am awake. I feel it with the rush of cool air in my lungs, the scent of growing decay, the mid-morning waft of steam from dew upon the long-baked earth, and the smiles, the smiles of strangers and their dogs, wide awake.